This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Appreciate everybody joining. Uh, we're going to go over the week four takeaways, all the fantasy developments. Uh, that you know, there's actually a lot to go over in week four. I don't know what it was when I was when I was preparing for the episode. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of you know shifts in backfields, a lot of changes in target share, things like that. So this is definitely an episode worth listening to. Uh, one quarter of the fantasy football season is pretty much over. You know, we got yeah. four weeks of football, uh, very interesting storylines, and we're going to get right into it. So, uh, Zach, first of all, how was your weekend? Did you have a good football Sunday? Uh, it, it was good, except I won in the leagues that don't matter, and I lost in the leagues that do matter. So that about well, sums guess, up my Guess who weekend. finally got a win in the one league that does matter? <laughs> oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah. What a brutal few weeks. Injuries, you know, it was, it was bad. And, you know, Keenan Allen was out again. If Christian McCaffrey was out this week, I would have lost my shit. Honestly, oh, yeah. like, it would have been bad. Uh, but glad he was able to come through. And because we got the receptions, finally, Christian McCaffrey finally catching all his. I think he got nine nine catches in this game. Fine, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, one of the yeah, big things for me, DeAndre Swift was out. I had to replace him Rashad Penny. Wasn't feeling good Ooh. about that. Oh, he served up. He served up twenty eight points for me. You know, it's pretty bad that the guy that I was throwing in for relief was my highest score. But um, you know, it works out. <laughs> fantasy football is a way of working out like like that. So we're chilling. Hey, we're good. That's <laughs> why fantasy football is so much fun, man. Because of things like that. Like when stuff like that happens, you're like, all right. Well, at least the fantasy gods don't hate me completely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I thought the fantasy gods hated me over the first three weeks, man. I was just like, <laughs> this is brutal. Uh, but things things are getting things are looking okay moving forward. But anyway. All right, let's get into it, guys. Um, there's a lot to go over, all right? <laughs> First of all, there were a lot of people who ended up leaving Alvin Kamara in the lineup for this yeah. early game, right? He played in week three, seems to have been fine getting limited practice in, practices in all week, and was a surprise inactive early Sunday morning for a London, a London game. Uh, Do you have any Alvin Kamara at all? Or did you, do you have Alvin Kamara in any leagues no, or not really? No, I remember I'm kind of becoming the Alvin Kamara hater around here, but... Yeah. um. Yeah, my brother had him, and he woke up on yesterday morning, and he was not happy. <laughs> uh, that was a really, really just poor timing on the part of the Saints um, to have him fly all the way over to London and just say, oh, yeah, he, he's just going to watch the game today. Like, that was it's so true. Not, not good. The, the, the fact that they, they, they flew him all the way over there just for him to be inact- inactive is, is kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, we now, we did have a clue, right? That clue was that Latavius Murray was activated from the practice squad the day before. And the right. other clue was that Alvin Kamara was questionable going into Sunday. So, like, I know your brother had him in your lineup. Do you have any sympathy, though, for fantasy managers who left Kamara in the lineup because they didn't wake up in time? 
Well, it's not like we said in the podcast, like, oh, yeah, make sure you take Kamara out of your lineups. It's like, no, he was trending towards playing the whole time. And now, you know, I think that that was just kind of the fantasy guy screwing people over. That was them messing around, you know, first Sunday game, first early morning game on a Sunday. It, it just worked out that way. I don't like that Alvin Kamara didn't play. Um, I think a lot of people got screwed over. I think that one's kind of out of their control. So, yeah, I have sympathy. I mean, I don't know about you. It, 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 is, it is funny because, it, it, you know, if I woke up and Alvin Kamara was in my lineup, I would be so pissed. Like, that would just ruin my entire Sunday. Like, I can't yeah. even watch football and enjoy it if Alvin Kamara was in my lineup and I got that big zero. Uh, yeah, you, you know, start with the bagel. That would, that would be, like, oh, no my good. God. That would be terrible. <laughs> now, listen, it's, it, in, my, in my opinion, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're aware of the possibilities. Okay, set your alarm. Check if he's active. All right, go back to sleep if you don't want to watch the game. Okay, lazy ass. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and for all the commissioners out there, and I've, I've been seeing this on Twitter, you know, it, like if you're allowing, if you're a commissioner and you're allowing fantasy managers who like, you know, if you're allowing them to sub out Camara after the fact, you're soft. Okay, you're soft. I'm just letting you know right now. <laughs> Don't give in. Okay, where do you draw the line? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you open up, you're yeah. opening up Pandora's box at that point. Don't do it. You're, you're opening up a chance for rebellion against you. Okay, <laughs> as a commissioner, you already have a hard job. All right, now you're yeah. opening up all the Pandora's box and like. The rebellion is coming. Okay, so and, they see and, your weakness, and I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> and because it, it seems like an extraneous, you know, just odd outlier type of thing where Alvin Kamara wasn't available because it was so early in the morning. Like if you're like me, I just woken up. Sundays are my day off before football's on. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that you can't really say that you can sub him out. I agree with you that letting people sub him out after the fact kind of goes against the whole idea of fantasy football. Um, if you don't want to worry about subbing players out, play best ball. You know, <laughs> that's what exactly. I'm going to say. Hey, it's true. It's true. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little, you know, I've been watching a lot of House of Dragons lately. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I guess that's because that's, that's why I like, I have a mentality of like, don't let in, don't let any, you know, you got to like make sure that you have all, everything you have to have that border around you. Don't let anybody cross into your, realm you know what i'm yeah. saying like you got to make sure and like like a lot of house of dragons for me i could after watching football all day long yesterday like the, the new episode dropped and i had to like watch it with my wife because that yeah. game that show is just so good it's like the one hour of tv i watch per week besides Outside football, of football. Pretty yeah much <laughs> anyway it, it was so it was grandpa ingram and grandpa murray taking over for camara the the two oldest running backs in the league uh i'm assuming camara's <laughs> gonna be back next week uh i am buying Alvin Kamara right now. People are pissed. Yeah. Uh, I'm buying. <laughs> I mean, nothing changed from last week. And the fact that he was out this week, maybe it's good for him that he didn't take take a beating you know, in, in a game and he should be right for next week. That's the hope. Uh, but anyway, uh, in that same game, Chris Olave, he got it done with a 26% target share and a touchdown from Andy Dalton. Uh, but the Saints, you know, they, they tried to, their best to be run heavy with Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston out in that game. So Chris Olave looking like he's looking like the number one wide receiver on that team. Yeah. You know, with, with Michael Thomas coming back too, you know, it's interesting. Um, Matt Harmon did a reception perception uh, profile over the first quarter of the season, and he did one on Michael Thomas. And apparently, Michael Thomas has lost a step, and he's not the same guy as he was, you know, several years ago. Um, you know, not a huge surprise, but there was a notable difference. Um, and, you know, it looks like there is a chance for Chris Olave, even with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry fully healthy, that he's the best wide receiver on that team. 
So it's something 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 worth noting, you know, moving forward. So you know, Olave didn't have a a huge day. He caught a touchdown, uh, but he had a high target share. Somebody that if you're looking to potentially buy, you know, you can buy him. You know, relatively high. You're not buying him super low, but he's somebody mm-hmm. that could potentially uh, be big. You know, going you know to the stretch run of your season after the first quarter of football. Yeah, hundred percent. And especially if Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry continue to be, you know, banged up. I mean, I know Landry did play, but he didn't. He wasn't much of a factor at all in this game. So Olave seems to be the consistent in the passing game right now, even over Jameis Winston, which is funny <laughs> because Jameis Winston's the biggest part of the passing game, arguably, and he's not been consistent. But even with Andy Dalton and Olave, you know, put the numbers up that you want to see. Obviously, we kind of expected his ceiling to be capped because it is Andy Dalton. Um, but I think what he what he did was what we were looking for. You know, he filled in admirably. He um, got the production he needed. So it's not like you're sitting there and thinking, man, I should have started somebody else over him this week. 16 points. Yeah, he's closer to 17 to 16. You know, I, I'm, I'm OK with that if I'm a Chris Olave owner. Um, moving forward, I, I think it's the Chris Olave and Michael Thomas show. I'm not paying much respect to Jarvis Landry. Uh, moving forward, unless, you know, I, I feel like he'll have his games one or two, but I don't see him being much of a factor taking too much away from Chris Olave going forward. And I know Jarvis Landry was the guy that you said, you know, he's going to get the target share, that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it seems like it's kind of trending more towards Olave in these past two weeks, as opposed to the first two weeks. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, in that same game, Dalvin cook, he ended up playing uh, only 63% of snaps, but you know, I think it's good enough. And the volume that he got was good enough. Like given the situation going into the week, um, it's still enough to warrant him to continue being in your lineup, kind of locked and loaded. Uh, still 22 touches in that game. He still looked good. Great matchup against Chicago next week. The fact that it came out that it was a partial dislocation and not a full one uh, is apparently a better sign. And there's a less lesser chance of things getting worse for him. So, you know, it did right. suck that Madison ended up vulturing that touchdown. Uh, but mm-hmm. Cook seems seems like it's gonna, he's going to be fine. He's going to get his. And I don't I don't necessarily think Madison is like their new goal line back. No. And, and don't let the, you know, if you look at the box score and the fantasy points that they scored between them, it looks very, very close. But the usage wasn't close at all. Like we just talked about, you know, Davin Cook, even with a half bum shoulder, apparently now, um, he got 22 touches to Alexander Madison. What do you get? Four. And this one just happened to be a 15 yard touchdown on a third down where they just checked it down. He wasn't even supposed to. To, I think at a first down, I think he was probably just going for yardage, move the field goal closer. But um, he ended up scoring on that play. So as long as Dalvin Cook is in, you know, don't worry about Madison. I wouldn't start Madison each week thinking he's going to vulture a touchdown like that. Um, if Dalvin Cook's playing, you don't start Madison. I don't think even even though we've seen him in the past, you know, take a few touches. There's no reason uh, to do that. Dalvin Cook's the guy. And, you know, still, if the guy that has Dalvin Cook wasn't willing to sell Dalvin Cook last week, maybe he is this week. Um, bye. <laughs> for sure uh nick chubb continues to dominate dude like 19 carries 110 yards and a touchdown he, he's the new derrick henry you know in terms of getting yeah. it done every single week for four weeks straight without a role in the pass game without exceeding uh you know 60 percent of snaps in three of his four weeks so as of right now he is the overall fantasy rb1 through the first quarter of the season in non-ppr and half point leagues and is only 0.4 full PPR points behind Saquon Barkley uh, as the overall RB1. So Nick Chubb is killing it. You know, there's no slowing him down right now. You know, at some point, you know, Deshaun Watson is going to come back. It's possible that this offense can even take a step forward. So, you Mm -hmm. know, right now, wheels up for Nick Chubb. You know, he's getting it done. So it's hard not to rank him as a a top five running back despite 
the role not matching the production. He's like one of those outliers, right? One yeah. of those guys that is just way too talented uh, for you to say like, all right, well, like, well, the role isn't really matching up with the production. In his case, it is what it is. Yeah, this, this is an exception. We've talked about Nick Chubb being that all-world talent as maybe the best runner, pure runner in the uh, NFL. You know, he's right up there with Derrick Henry. But Nick Chubb is now younger Derrick Henry at this point. Um, it's funny because I'm looking back and thinking, how did I how did I not see this coming? How did other people not see this coming? A lot of people had him not ranked as high as he's performing right now. Um, you know, offense with a good offensive line and a backup quarterback, are they not going to rely on Nick Chubb? Like, I'm starting to think, like, how did I not see this coming? I had him rank lower than a lot of other guys. I, I think hindsight's twenty twenty on this one. Oh, right? yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> Nick Chubb was great last year, too, right? Like, he was a great talent, but, like, this, the, the, the games were, like, up and down, and he's going to have those games. It just so happened that, you know, he didn't have those games, you know, in the first four weeks. He's going to have yeah. a game where he take, gets, like, 13 carries for – you know, 67 yards and he doesn't score. Like those mm-hmm. games are gonna happen. Uh the Browns just happen to be in a lot of their a lot of games, you know, over the past first, you know, first four weeks. So yeah. there's gonna be a point where Jacoby Brissett might not be able to like, you know, keep them in it or whatever the case may be. So I'm not I'm not uh as of right now, there aren't that many running backs I'm starting over Nick Chubb. But no. I don't expect him, you know, to, you know, if I'm looking at week eleven, week twelve, I don't expect him to be ranked as a top five fantasy running back. But right now, he is that dude. Yeah. Amari Cooper, he was shut down this week, right? Mm. Like we were talking about him having a great matchup. Uh, he caught only one pass for nine yards. Two games yeah. now where he's had one catch one catch in, in you know, week one and week four, right? And, and then in week three and week two and three, great. He's had huge games, right? Yeah. 100-yard games, touchdown, nothing in between. Meanwhile, David mm-hmm. Njoku continuing where he left where he left off last week, catching five for seventy three. Donovan Peoples Jones out of nowhere getting nine targets. So it's like mm-hmm. week one and week four, it was DPJ week, right? And then week two and three, Amari Cooper week. So things are yeah. going all. I guess it. I guess wherever the coverage is going, I guess that's you know a Jacoby Brissett just not going to look that way, right? That's kind of how mm-hmm. he's how he's working it. You know, teams who, when they're focused on Amari Cooper. He's going to pass it to DPJ, pass it to David Njoku, you know. But I guess mm. well, some silver lining here, at least David Njoku, two straight weeks of him doing his thing uh, and him, you know, matching up with the utilization that that he has. Yeah. AJ Terrell looked more like AJ Terrell uh, yesterday than he did, I think, all season. Um, of course, my pick, I think I called him Murray Cooper, my start of the week last week. Uh, so I think we so. can start that curse. <laughs> we, we, we can start that curse now on Fridays. I'll do a start of the week and that player won't do well. So uh, you can tune in on Friday for my next pick. You know who to avoid uh, putting in your lineup. But, um, you know, it didn't look like the offense was as explosive as it was the past two weeks, at least through the air. Jacoby Brissett looked more like the Jacoby Brissett that we know. Um, he wasn't very accurate. Uh, he wasn't efficient. He threw a pick. He did have that rushing touchdown, but it was all on the ground with Nick Chubb, any of the production that they had. Um you know, I, there was a stat that was put out in this game. They were talking about it on the broadcast. They said Atlanta and Cleveland are the only two teams up until, you know, obviously they put up 20 points this week that had more than 26 points um, each of the first three weeks. And it was them playing against each other. I was like, that's crazy because here was Cleveland, like the superpower offense that we thought maybe we'd have if Deshaun Watson was playing and they had it with Jacoby Brissett. And um, now now it's, it's kind of – I'm not saying it's going to stay back down to earth, but Atlanta wasn't really – uh, a tough test. I think Cleveland should have won this game. 
So it's interesting to see how the offense goes after this. But Amari Cooper, complete, complete letdown this week. You starting him next week? Yeah. Uh, you have to. <laughs> it's a volatility. Because, yeah. you know, you, you, you're going to get these weeks where it just sucks. You know, I, I felt the effects of it. Trust me. But um, you're also going to get the weeks where he's a very nice producer at your wide receiver three or flex spot. Because chances are you're not starting Mario Cooper as your wide receiver two or one. Um, as a wide receiver three, you know, this is kind of what you're in for. He is your wide receiver three. You don't put someone that's going to have like solid, consistent production in there. You shoot for upside. And Amari Cooper has that upside. It just didn't flash this week. I'd rather have a guy like Amari Cooper who is going to help you win weeks and get those 20-point games every other week than a guy who's just going to give you like 12 points per week. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'd rather that in my flex because that is the pendulum that swings to get you those Ws. You know, And yeah. if you don't have that, you just have a bunch of guys scoring 12 points per week. It's not going to get it done for you. Right, you need those pendulum swings. You need those that ceiling, and Amari Cooper for, provides it. Just leave him in your lineup. Yeah, one hundred. Do we have to bench Kyle Pitts though? Like, are we taking him out of our lineup because four targets, one catch for twenty-five yards? It's over. It's over. Right? Like, yeah. It's. I mean, it's so. I feel difficult. you got to cut cut your losses, send him to the bench. Okay, like he's just not getting it done. And through four weeks, it's been disappointing. Sixty percent mm. route participation for Kyle Pitts. It went down from last week. Yeah. So. Low passing volume <laughs> offense that amounted it amounted to 12 total routes for him in this game. Yeah. Like last week, he saw 17 total routes. If it was close to like 100% route participation, he'd be at like 25 or 26 routes last week and then 20 routes this week. Mm -hmm. But Arthur Smith, man, like he has, you know, he has no clue what to do here. Yeah, he is the bane of all fantasy football players right now because he didn't actually go on record and say in one press conference, it's not fantasy football, you know, but. When the guy that you have as a difference maker in your offense isn't getting the ball, like what are you even doing just in a football sense? It, it, it was disgusting. Um, yeah, you have to – I feel like you have to bench Kyle Pitts because at this point streamers are outperforming him. You know, guys that yeah, you pick up on exactly. the waiver wire are now doing better than him. Um, it's really difficult. You're not going to be able to sell. I would say this. Don't sell him because we know what he can you know, He's a supreme talent, but you're not – A, don't sell him because he's a supreme talent, but also B – because no one's going to buy him. <laughs> this is a guy not going to get anything for him. You, you would have to sell him for pennies, and why do that? Yeah, this is a guy that has had three weeks at three points. And then one where everyone was like, oh, maybe he's back. That was still only, was it 12 points? Like, he's just not the tight end at all that we were hoping it would be. Um, I think it comes down to usage. Uh, he hasn't shown me that he's not going He's not going to be good if he gets the touches, but he's just not getting the touches. Um, if you watch the game, it was really just like confusing to me. If you watch the game, they were actually running Kyle Pitts out of the backfield in like the red zone, which I had no idea why they were doing that. They ran him out of the out of the backfield and they did like a flat route and Mariota went the other way. Like <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense. Like they're not even trying to scheme him open or get him involved. Like they're running him out of the a tight end out of the backfield. It makes no sense. Um, yes. You have you have to bench him at this point. I'm I mean it hurts. It pains me too because I drafted him pretty high, and I'm sure you guys did too. But yeah, you have to at this point. Like streamers, like I said, are outperforming him. You could probably do better uh, elsewhere. Like Gerald Everett, you know the guy that we kind of pinned to not have that kind of production um, this late into the season. Not that we're late in the season, but this few, many weeks in the season, he actually had a very good day. Um, I had actually I had a couple people asking um, to buy Gerald Everett. I have him on my bench right now, so I, I might have to keep him. <laughs> I know. It's tough not to keep him. I have him on my bench, too, in one of my leagues, and 
you know, I don't know what to do. I have Zach Ertz in that league. I have him in that league, and I'm probably going to continue to start Zach Ertz because he's getting it done. Uh, yeah. But Everett's a guy like you know who could fill in if Ertz gets hurt, or if I have some holes on the bench, like or, or in my starting lineup, is he somebody that you can sell right now? Because he's still not getting a full route participation. He's still getting yeah. only sixty percent, but he's outperforming it in a, on a per route basis. He's being targeted right now, and we'll see what happens when Keenan Allen gets back and if he can cont- continue that production. But for now, like I don't care. I'm starting Gerald Everett over Kyle Pitts next week. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's, I mean? that's why I was um, at, at least Drake London. You know he's he's running around on 95 percent of dropbacks. So and he got a 41 percent target share in this game. So you know yeah. he's going to be fine. Like that's still for me. That's fine. Like even though this is a low volume passing offense, like he's the guy that's being targeted on this team, and he's a very yeah. good wide receiver. On any other team, high volume team passing offense, Drake London probably would have had like 450 yards by now like the dude is <laughs> yeah. legit he's really Drake, good Drake and London probably looks more yeah. like mike evans on another offense oh yeah he he looks so good and if he was on any other offense you know he would like chris olave won offensive rookie of the of the month uh in september that would have been drake london if he was on a regular offense pretty much yeah um but anyway in that backfield, it was a full-on committee. You know, Cordell Patterson was banned up coming in, but Tyler Algier looked good, man. Like, he, he had some big plays in that game. Uh, 84 yeah. rushing yards on 10 carries. Uh, ended up going over 100 yards from scrimmage. Uh, Patterson, non-existent in the past game for the last three weeks, right? And these other backs are looking good now. So I'm not sure how much longer we're going to be seeing Patterson as being, like, a, a high-end fantasy option. Like, this might be end up being more of a committee. I think they wanted this to be a, a little bit of a committee coming into the year in week one. It just so happens to be Patterson uh, in week two and three. But going into week four, he's banged up, not involved in the pass game. I don't think we're going to be able to rely on Cordell Patterson going into week five with confidence. Yeah, not as an RB2. You know, maybe if I have to start yeah. with Flex, I will, but not as an RB2. That's where I feel like he's being started right now. Um, yeah. I don't think you'd be able to have him as an RB2 moving forward. I wouldn't pay too much mind to Tyler Alger and Caleb Huntley, you know, getting the uh, same amount of work that they did. Um, I think it's going to kind of go back to Patterson a little bit. Um, but it, it's going to be touchy week to week. It, it's going to be yeah, Cordero Patterson's day one week, and it's going to be Tyler Alger. You know, he didn't score, but he had a lot of production um, yesterday. And Caleb Huntley got the touchdown. You know, he actually looked good running the ball. But yeah. ultimately, none of these guys – are worth putting, I think, higher in your flex moving forward. Um, the most confidence is for me is with Cordero Patterson still, even though for it's sure. not the production that we had. Um, Tyler for Algier sure. might be able to be a pinch starter for you. Like if anything would happen to Cordero Patterson, um, Tyler Algier might be able to be a pinch starter for you. But um, I, I don't think this kind of even production is going to happen every week. Yeah, and it's like if even if Patterson was out, right? Like it looks like it's going to be a time sh- timeshare behind him anyway. Um, yeah. It wouldn't be the Algier show. So that's interesting mm-hmm. to note. Yeah, the Falcons like giving the ball more to Caleb Huntley than they do Kyle Pitts, which, you know, kind of blows me <laughs> away. <but. laughs> that is a great point. That is a great point. You know, it's mind-blowing. 